welcome to the Formula One NA podcast. I'm your host, Ross D'Amico, and this is episode two. Uh, we're going to make this a reaction podcast, so we're going to recap the events of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix and the latest news in F1, especially what came out this week. And our next podcast is going to come out before the Australian Grand Prix, and that's where all our uh, updates are going to happen there, our predictions for the race, and we'll even get into a little bit of betting in that one. Uh, take a look at the odds and uh, place a few bets to see if we can uh, cash in. And let's get going. So we're going to start off by, we're going to recap the entirety of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Because even that night, uh, it was Friday evening for me, I believe, we were waiting on a update, and that's because uh, Jeddah was attacked, actually, very close to the Formula One track, and it happened during their practice sessions. Um, there was video footage, uh, there is images all over the internet, and basically a missile strike from a rebel group um, struck one of the oil uh, depots. And it was even so close to the track that afterwards Max Verstappen asked if his car was on fire because he was smelling something burning. So um, it wasn't directed at the track, but it was close enough to the track that it really caused some concerns. Um, so this kind of took up basically the entirety of the news cycle there. Um, the practice sessions really took a back seat and, you know, the safety of F1 and uh, even if the race was going to continue was all being in question. So I want to say, you know, after a little bit of silence from F1's part, I believe they originally said that they were going to continue. Uh, they said business as usual and we're just going to continue on. And it was really at that point when the narrative started to change, because right after that, um, I believe players all ended up getting together, calling their own meeting, and basically had a discussion. They were concerned for their safety. They were concerned for the safety of their family or anyone else who was there. And, you know, especially in a you know, high speed sport like F1, um, you have your mind and you have to be fully committed. Your mind has to be in it. And if it's not, it could cause some serious repercussions. So, you know, I don't blame them for, you know, making sure that they, they felt like that they had to be safe uh, while racing because, it, because like I said, if that's in the back of your mind, it could cause one of them to crash. It could, it could really affect them. So the players called a meeting and from a lot of news reports, uh, allegedly Lewis Hamilton and a few others kind of uh, started up a protest for not feeling safe. It was, uh, you know, all cumulative of the series of events. And like I said, a few of them felt like that they really needed to be felt and assured that they were safe. So allegedly, it was Hamilton, Perez, Sainz, Gasly, and Magnussen. 
and they all expressed how they felt it was unsafe and it was kind of irresponsible to carry on. So this is when a large kind of news update occurred where if all the drivers or even let's say half the drivers or partial uh, amount of the drivers were protesting and saying, we don't want to race, uh, you have a little bit of an issue, uh, especially if it's a team where both their drivers didn't want to race. We don't exactly know. These are all alleged names. You don't exactly know who it was, but only having some of the racers race would have been really a bad outcome. I think even canceling the race would have probably been a better outcome than that because that's when you start getting into a lot of divisive talk. So they were protesting. Uh, there was a lot of conversation happening. Um, FIA officials went in and talked to the drivers. Uh, team principals went in to talk with the drivers. Um, I believe like state or national security advisors, uh, event organizers, government officials all went in to talk to the drivers. They had to assure them the safety that they could continue. And I believe it went on for four hours, probably even more than that. And basically the last update that I ended up seeing was the team principals, a bunch of them went in to once again speak to the drivers about their safety. After this discussion happened, uh, they came out and uh, I even remember it. Uh, there was a quote somewhere and I'm just going to paraphrase here, but basically um, Christian Horner said, race is on, race is on. So that kind of led to speculation. Okay, you know, who who was protesting? Why didn't they want to protest? What convinced them? And basically, it was the convincing part that had to occur for this race to go on. So just some updates from some of the team principals, like the Aston Martin team principal said that they had quite a few high-ranked authorities uh, explained to them the situation and they explained it to them in a very credible way and it made all 10 of the team principals feel confident that uh, they took the responsibility serious. Um, William CEO even said that they had an expert from another country uh, be present in that meeting and they looked into it independently and confirmed that everything that they described and all the safety that was had uh, is in place and that it is a safe event. Um, and basically th some of the explanation from what I saw was a lot of these officials and players were saying, Hey, listen, our families are at these events. We believe that this is the safest place you can be. So after all of this, after four hours, after, tons of negotiating after player meeting and team principals and government officials race back on. So now after all of that, which should have been, you know, practice, you know, tuning up for the races, all this, 
you had this mess. You had this news media mess. So race goes on. Next day, practice continues. Going back to the race now, the, there was even a concern that the track itself wasn't even safe. Never mind the events happening. Some of them believe the track is, isn't even safe. Uh, they had barriers at four corners move back, and the final turn was also widened. And even after the first few practices, uh, some of them still said it you know, wasn't too safe. Uh, George Russell was even quoted to Motorsport saying the uh, track was lacking a lot from a safety perspective and a racing perspective. So once again, racing on um, street circuits uh, can be more dangerous. When you have those barriers up, you know, you have nowhere to go. You're smashing right into that wall at that speed immediately. But a lot of them feel like that this track kind of toes that edge of safety, where it basically uh, it's on the safety limit of what a track is and is not allowed to do. So there are still even concerns with the track itself. So that's where leads us into this next day of qualifying, because... I think the number one story, to me anyways, was Haas and what happened to Mick Schumacher. Um, if you watched the weekend, if you happened to watch you know, any of the race highlights or anything, it was definitely mentioned. Um, Mick crashed very, very fast in one of the practice sessions. And, you know, he hit the wall after losing control and then it kind of ricocheted and he spun a bit and hit the other wall. And when you saw it, you knew it was bad. Uh, the car stayed uh, together. It stayed on the track. Um, it stayed out of being lodged anywhere. But there wasn't a lot of conversation in terms of, you know, how how was Mick? You know, everyone wanted to know. Uh, everyone knew the debris, everything, the crash was bad. But everyone really wanted to know, you know, was Mick okay? And, uh, you know, I was watching it. Uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so went by and, like, they were still at the car. Um, once they finally took him out, uh, it was said he was conscious. Um, they they took him to the local uh, facility to get examined. They said his injury, he, they didn't see any crazy injuries, but then they had to take him to the hospital to get examined. And uh, so they took him to the hospital. And from everything I even still know, he's fine. He's great. And once again, you know, engineering at its finest because design of these safety structures is just out of this world that's amazing but back to mick so he's fine um i believe we found out later that night everything was good but car was in shambles um it's said that his car um could be up to a million dollars in repairs and you know gunther steiner was basically uh saying how i think 
basically all the suspension was gone. They maybe had one, but the rest of it just kind of turned into dust. So the car was toast. They weren't able to get it ready for race. So Haas, boom, down one. Now, thank goodness he's okay. You know, Mick, uh, you know, always cheer for him. But uh, this is a wake-up call. You know, he's got to make sure because Haas has a good car this year. And he has a good car under him. And he's got to learn how to control it. Uh, Magnuson came back, showed, veteran. You know, he had a good car. It's about consistency. It's about getting the points. Um, and I'm sure Mick will come back stronger and, you know, wish him all the best. And, you know, I hope it does well for Haas. I'm a, I'm a big Haas fan. The second biggest story, I would say, of qualifying was Lewis Hamilton. Um, anyone watching, uh, he exited in Q1. Uh, he came 16th after the first qualifying session, and he could not continue. And this is devastating. Now, there are reports that Hamilton says they, you know, they had a wrong car set up. It was basically undrivable. Um, you know, he thought he was in 15th because i got to remember, too, a lot of this is strategy, right? You can't really go all the all all at once because some of q2 q3 you need those times as well so he was in 15th he was kind of on that line and lance stroll kind of at the end got him there final slot q2 hamilton's p16 now he was mentioned saying uh he struggled with balance of the car and uh it's not really where he wanted to be and he definitely knew it was in the setup and he said they they thought they were looking good after FP3, and they just tried to progress continuing in that same direction. And he says maybe they went too far. And he says the car was basically undrivable, and he's and he's nervous about how they're going to fix these things. And I think we can all agree that Mercedes, especially this year with the new regulations and the new car and Everyone seeing the purposing that's happening, especially with Mercedes, you can oh, you see that bouncing happen so much that you know right now they they're just struggling to stay afloat. They really are, and you know what? Give it to Hamilton; he's a good driver. Give it to Russell; he's a good driver. They're still doing all right, but they got to fix this car, um, or they're going to start falling back a little bit. So. We'll see what happens. From the sounds of it, uh, Mercedes also mentioned that, uh, and I think they're hoping for the Australian Grand Prix, but we'll see, that they'll have a new rear wing um, to help with the purpose. So they think that's what it is. They think uh, they're going to have a fix for it. And, you know, it's got to get on there and they got to they got to drive it and they got to test it, right? So we'll see how that timing comes. They still got another week at least. And uh, we'll we'll see where that ends up. So that was that was shocking. That was honestly that was shocking. And uh, you know, once again, me being a fairly new to F1 fan, um, seeing Lewis Hamilton in 16th place felt really weird to me. Don't know if anyone else, you know, whether you're a Hamilton fan or a Verstappen fan, I don't care. 
qualifying in 16th, that's definitely not usual. Just saying. And I guess to round out the top three stories of qualifying, uh, number three has to be Mr. Sergio Perez, Mr. Chico Perez. Um, his first ever F1 poll happened. And obviously he couldn't have been happier. It took him two hundred and fifteen career f1 races to finally get his first pole position and he's been around um he's won races uh he's made a lot of good moves good uh, good progress in his career and you know you, you just got to feel happy for him because he's in a car that can do well because you know you can speak about mercedes's issues and everything of that sort. But Red Bull's got a little bit of issues too, but they still got a really good car. And Perez is a good driver. So you got to be happy for him that he took the pole position. Um, it, it definitely helped out Red Bull because they were 1-4, I believe, after qualifying was done. And, you know, just going back to him being in first, uh, you know, Ferrari came top last week so you know you they need to put the pressure on ferrari if they want to have themselves a go this year and once again first time he did his job this is what keeps you around on those top teams you gotta you gotta provide when the top dog can't provide and you go from there so now we get to Sunday and Sunday, the race, you know, it's basically what everyone expected. I would say, um, once again, Hamilton starting a little bit back of the pack, um, probably, uh, in his thoughts as well. I forgot to mention this was the attacks. If he was one of the people who led the resistance to not wanting to race, obviously it still was in the back of his mind. They had to do the qualifying that next day. If you're not mentally in it 100%, like it, it's a it's a sport of seconds, right? Like it's it just takes a little bit to be off. So that could have affected them. So hopefully it affected them a little bit less now that another day has gone by, a little bit more time to digest, relax, what he needs to do. Um, Perez starting first and Ferrari's there, Red Bull there. Uh, and away the race goes. So race goes, like I mentioned, kind of the way everyone thought. Uh, the way everyone thought, if you go back to last year, there were three restarts. Um, so a lot of flags, um, but a lot of speed. And especially with the way the new cars this year are, a um, lot, of, lot of following, a lot of passing, uh, even between teammates. So you're watching this race, you know, right off the go. Um, you know, good start. They're racing. Um, I think the first real duel, and this was funny, after that kind of start was was the Alpine. Uh, you got Alonso fighting with Ocon. And, like, they were going back and forth. Like, tried to pass him once. He cut him off late. 
Uh, Alonso tried again, got ahead of him, and Alonso kept saying, I think my car's faster. I think my car's faster. Now, was this car faster? I don't know. But it's that kind of, like, if they weren't teammates and those were two other cars, you would have been seeing that over and over and over. So it makes the racing exciting. It makes it fun. And I and I loved it. I love seeing it between teammates. It's it's because it's a team sport, but it's not a team sport. So after that happens, around the I want to say around the thirteenth, fourteenth lap, uh, the tire change strategy starts to come in, and Ferrari was still behind. Red Bull. And the whole thought was, well, if Red Bull goes in, I'm going to stay out. If Red Bull stays out, I'm going to go in. And from Red Bull's perspective, to me, they're basically going to be like, when we go in, we want them to go in. If we stay out, we want them to stay out. And they did not want to lose first place positioning at all. So it sounded like they told Leclerc to box, but obviously they had some signal or something to not box. Uh, Perez went in ahead of him because he was ahead of him in the race. And Leclerc just kept going. He he didn't box. Uh, Perez lost his position. And uh, Leclerc kept going. And then I believe it was the very next lap. Our boy... Latifi had a little bit of a had a little bit of a kiss with the wall, uh, and like Latifi fashion, changed the outcome of that race. Now, I understand his dad helps finance. Um, I believe he was an F two runner up, so he's got some skill. But you have to understand, you can't crash a car all the time. That's where the money, that's where a lot of money and fixing and issues and lots of stuff happens. So, you know, let's hope for his sake, for his seat's sake. I don't know what the earliest someone has ever lost their seat. I don't know if anyone listening would know, can message in the comments. But if he crashes again, you know, there's going to be some serious talk after. Like, there's probably serious talk now, but there's going to be some serious talk after. So this completely changes the complexion of the race because now you've got, I believe, Leclerc, Verstappen, Sainz, and, or, or, or Perez came out third and Sainz was fourth. Now there was the whole, Sainz believe he came out of the pits slightly ahead of Perez. Control agreed. They switched positions. That's basically how it stayed for the rest of the race between them two. Um, just kind of to go through some of the other things, there's still a few cars that had mechanical issues, which is still, I want to say a running theme this year until we can see this. Cause this was a, once again, this was a short lap. They, they host grand prix in the hot in just as hot places, way more laps. So honestly, the consistency is still yet to show now this weekend we it was kind of across the board because uh alfa romeo is a ferrari engine uh we're not really sure what 
Bottas's issue was, but I thought Bottas was doing well. I thought he was gonna he was gonna finish top six. I really did. Um, but basically, uh, Alonso's car just stalled on him. I believe it was an overheating issue, uh, Renault engine. Um, McLaren, Ricardo, he had no acceleration at the end, so so his went out on him. That's Mercedes. Uh, Sonoda, I believe right at the beginning of the race, I, I think it was an engine issue, maybe not, but Honda and Red Bull last week had engine issues. So there's a lot of that going around. So once again, like I said, Alonso, overheated, gone. Um, McLaren, gone. The Latifi crash, gone. What did happen, though, was Russell came fifth. So he drove well. He drove well. I, I think that fifth place, even for me, a little bit of luck was involved. Because if you watch that race, he, he benefited from some of those starts and things like that. Because of the car, obviously. But I think the race kind of helped that as well. You, you saw that with Lewis Hamilton coming into 10th, got got points. Uh, the funny part about Hamilton coming 10th was he even made a comment. It was, do we even get points for this position? Like, little cocky, but kind of love that because I think he was serious. Uh, Gasly, I thought, was going to do well. He came 8th. I think he had a little bit of issues himself. Net Lando Norris, McLaren, 7th. You know, that's right around where you expect to see a McLaren. Uh, Ocon, Alpine, came 6th. Alpine looks good. Um... And Magnuson, Haas, you know, uh, ninth points again, two points, points again. You know, Gunther said he would the entire uh, paddock for two points last year. So, you know, you know, he's happy about that. Um, and I did read that Haas has kind of a, um, a start issue in terms of, uh, a little bit of overspin, uh, overspin on the wheels. So Magnuson had to kind of learn about that. And once again, a race with a lot of restarts does not help a car with start issues. So hopefully they can figure that as well. I, I think Haas is in, in is going to fight for top of that mid-tier. I'm telling you, this year looks good. Uh, and we'll see. Now, right at the end, uh, was kind of the most exciting part of the race. Uh, you had Ferrari and Red Bull going back and forth. The whole conversation of the race was, you know, Red Bull had the straight line speed. You're going straight line, they're going to catch up. Ferrari had the turn speed. As soon as you go around corners, they can pick it up just as well. Uh, you got to remember too. It's it's the it's the drivers as well who know how to push it, know when to push it, know when to hold back, all that good stuff. And the race was on from about I want to say about lap forty. Like it, the race really started to turn on, and you saw it a couple times. So you saw where, and you saw it last week too at the Bahrain Grand Prix. But you saw where Verstappen passed. Leclerc knew knew what he was doing. 
almost let him pass, kept himself in position. The second DRS zone would retake the lead and then use go again. So that happened. So then I believe it was the very next lap. Uh, they go into that same first corner and they both lock up. And they were playing basically a cat and mouse game of, okay, you go first. No, you go first. I'll overtake you on the second one. And so I believe that time Leclerc, boom, jumped it again. Um, got a little bit more speed. So uh, Verstappen didn't come right back. Uh, but then he was following him again. And then same thing happened. Verstappen was patient. He waited his opponent out and overtook him. And that was right at the end. And then I believe there was a safety flag where I think no DRS was allowed at the end of that race, which could have changed the outcome of it. But that's the way she shook out. And Verstappen came first, uh, Leclerc second, and Sainz third. So once again, you got a 2-3 Ferrari really, really helping out right now. Um, that first race is a little bit devastating for Red Bull. Um, we'll see if they can pick it back up. Um, but I want to say, all in all, it was a it was an exciting race. Uh, it was a crazy news worthy weekend, like just everything. And um, you know, I think we're I think we're in for a Red Bull Ferrari feud this year. I really, really do. Um, you know, we'll we'll see the updates. Apparently, um, Ferrari believes that their straight line speed issue could possibly be solved with a new floor that they are developing. Um, they they don't know if they'll have the floor ready for the Australian Grand Prix, but we'll see. I just want to finish off by saying. Um, the Las Vegas Grand Prix that was announced this weekend is going to be a spectacle. If you've never been to Las Vegas, just know that these hotels, all the lights, all the shows, all the fountains, all the people, everything is gigantic. There is so much. It is overdone. It is fantastic. And watching the race, I guarantee you're going to fall in love. I understand a lot of you are not going to be happy about more and more races come to the Americas, and I get it. Now, but what I'm trying to tell you is the Las Vegas Grand Prix is going to be the one to watch. Those other ones you can get rid of. I'm telling you, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is going to be good. It is modeled so that the car responds like it is on Monza. 14 turns two kilometers right down a straight strip 12 to 15 meters wide overtaking in mind high speeds in mind it is gonna be a great race i want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast uh we'll be back next week with the preview podcast for the australian grand prix um, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at any of the updates the cars may have gotten. We're gonna take a look at the betting odds, and we're gonna play some bets because we're gonna t- we're gonna try and make a focus on having some bets every race to see what we can do. Um, last week we didn't do well because of the because of the car failures. I had Ricardo finishing top ten. He was gonna get there. I'm telling you, he was in ninth before his car stopped working. Um, I had Bottas top six. Same thing. He pitted and they just said, screw it, shun the car down. So we'll continue on with the betting and we'll just we'll just 
you know, keep, keep you guys informed. Any news, any updates, we'll let you guys know. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe and like. Thanks.